Welcome to the Skies Were Under podcast, hosted by me, Rachel Wright. This podcast is created by and for parents of people with disabilities and the many practitioners who support us. It's just for all of us who are trying to get from one end of the week to the other whilst bridging the gap between the life we expected and the one we're actually living. My name is Rachel Wright. I'm a nurse. I'm the parent of a child with very complex disabilities and I'm the author of This Guy is Amanda as well as being founder of Born at the Right Time. As usual today, I'm joined by Sarah Clayton, who is the CEO of Simple Stuff Works. Her eldest daughter suffered a brain tumour at the age of six, and as a consequence of both the treatment and complications, she is now a lovely young woman with learning disabilities and complex medical needs. I'm also joined by Lucy Parr, who's part of the way through a PhD in educational psychology. Her third of four children has a rare chromosome duplication, which means he isn't verbal, has autism, high sensory needs and very complex epilepsy. Hello and welcome to the Skies Ronda podcast. We are at episode eight and we've got this far. We've managed to do seven whole episodes without considering that beautiful word self-care actually is it two words i think it's two words okay and and that is our introduction to lucy and sarah who have joined me again today our season one regular guests hi sarah and lucy how are you hello yeah not too hello still i think she's i think she's planning on writing us out (laughs) did you hear that our season Season one regular regular guests season two i'm getting some new friends (laughs) like Oh, okay. I hadn't heard that before. All right. <laughs> there might be other guests in season two. Well, we'll all look forward to it. <laughs> How's the weather around your parts? As soon as I say parts. that, I look at Lucy and her <laughs> face. It's like, I just, I want I'm, to say I'm dying really to say, rude. I'm dying just to I say, to say it's damn really around my parts. And then <laughs> I will edit it out. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's busy. It's chaotic. It's life. Uh, are we, we gonna? Are, are we yeah, gonna all in. do the? We're all gonna do the polite thing of go. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love my life. <laughs> well, I'm. I'm not gonna do that because I. I'm not sleeping. Oh. What's that about? That's not fun. No, not fun at all. And then, <clears throat> yeah. So it's it's sort of foggy, I think, around my parts at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just like a sleep-deprived haze at the minute. Uh, mm. So not sleeping because you. you're stressed? I don't know. Did you know what? Six minutes past three. Like, and I don't. I don't need the loo. I don't. You know, like I'm not waking up. I'm not. I'm not sweating. I'm not having like a lush. all the usual things all the that, that, I, that wakes I me up at six minutes past three in the morning. Yeah, I haven't wet the bed. All this stuff. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, six minutes past three. Uh, six minutes past three every bloody night. Six and minutes. Then, oh. I know. Is there something? Is there something like ghostly happening? Like something's passing through your room at six passing. minutes. <laughs> I thought you said something passing through your womb, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> not going to be great. <laughs> Just passing through. Ooh. No. So, yeah, 
so that's me uh so if anybody knows please dear listener write in <laughs> if you've got something that will get me through the night from six minutes past three until like it's till about till about five and then I go into like a proper deep sleep. And oh, that's so painful. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's where we are. Restful. So this podcast is coming out on National Doctors' Day. Oh. oh there we go. There you go. got to love a doctor. Well, I love a doctor. I, <laughs> I don't. You don't have to love a doctor. It's <laughs> not a requirement. <laughs> but I wondered whether um, you wanted to shout out to one of the doctors that you think's really good. Oh, that's oh. a great idea. Yeah, Couldn't I have an amazing, reason. amazing neurologist uh, called Dr. Marjorie Illingworth, and she is based at Southampton, and she is phenomenal. And she's phenomenal because she always takes the time to listen and understand what's going on, mm-hmm. and she doesn't jump in with advice straight away. She just kind of tries to get the whole holistic picture, and she involves me as a collaborative partner in the process and I think she's phenomenal and she has an amazing Northern Irish accent also oh, the which best is, which is amazing so yeah That'd Dr Marjorie Lingworth here's to you mate on National Doctors Day <laughs> amazing <laughs> and Sarah? Mine, mine would be uh, Professor Andrew Peat who uh, we first met his first night in hospital the whole emergency admission and there he was and he was with us the whole way through uh, until we had to do the transition thing from children's services to adult services, and uh, which was really good. So we started off, obviously, you just got your children's team. Then we went through a spell where there was the children's team and the adults team all in a room that was about three foot by three foot. So there was like the busiest consultations ever. <laughs> and then eventually, um, eventually we went off and went to the adult hospital, uh, taking along with us the team from the adults so it was all quite it was over two years it was all really good but the last consultation that we had with him he was like right this is our last you know and I, I'm like <laughs> did you ugly cry in front of Dr oh, Pete I ugly professor, cried Professor Pete Professor Prof, Pete. Prof Pete and I'm and I'm um I'm like collecting snot in my hands <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's going because I've got no tissue. They're all scrabbling around trying to find me something, just like a you duvet or something to hide to be myself. Quite emotional. Well, I didn't. And he said, um, he said we could we could do another one. We could have like one more. Let's <laughs> <laughs> drag this out. I was like, no, because I'll just do it again. <laughs> Dear me. Never mind. But yeah, Professor Andrew Pete, what a absolute legend. Well. Mine would be Dr. Catherine Deville, and she is a neurologist um, at Great Ormond Street. And um, very much like you, Lucy, uh, the reason she stands out for me, that we have got lots of um, different sort of good doctors that we're around, very thankfully, um, but she stands out of just being the kind of person that even though we actually now we only see her once a year, yeah. Um, she just you just feel like you're seeing someone you know like she makes she gives yeah. us that sense of um knowing the little details that make um what is essentially really tricky conversations like talking about seizures and talking about 
potential premature death with seizures and horribleness but she just makes it feel like um you're a person and when and despite the fact that she's a neurologist she totally takes in the whole of my son and that's the thing that i'm most anxious about when it comes to adults of him just becoming organs but um certainly whenever um and we had an appointment with her recently and she was approaching the subject of transition and i basically put my fingers in my ears and went la 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 (laughs) (laughs) i'm not listening to you no just cry just cry and then they'll say you could do one more i could just keep going like that yeah (laughs) yeah she you know she'll bring up consultations that we had six seven eight years ago um but yeah so thank you to the many doctors in all shapes and sizes from the gps that are super useful there are some sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and the specialist doctors and the emergency doctors and the community doctors um yes apparently flying doctors um... of whom i've met none (laughs) (laughs) but i'm sure they're great aren't they are you thinking like Zog? Well, I'm just thinking about, you know... Um, oh, the Australian, sure that 19, 1990s yeah, TV, Australian. Yeah. It was like came it was like in the same era as like Neighbours and Home and Away, wasn't it? Yeah. Flying Doctors, two o'clock on an afternoon. Absolutely. Here's to them as well. Sarah goes to the gym regularly, <laughs> which, you know, is the kind of thing... Lucy does no time for and I kind of think would be a nice idea but don't ever do um and uh I think we did we I think we could edit it out Sarah told us this brilliant story about how things make different things make her anxious and she realized how anxious talking to strangers (laughs) makes her because at the gym she was talking to a perfect stranger one time and the little heart rate monitor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, weirdly I think this is really bizarre the heart rate monitors displayed on the wall yeah yeah because so everyone can compete. know you so you're like compete competing with, with everybody in the gym <laughs> yes. it's like how macho man is that to compete with everybody heart rate the most the greatest heart rate Sarah went up was not on the rower or the lifting or the bench weights was just talking to someone she didn't know <laughs> talking to a stranger through <laughs> <laughs> the roof anyway tell me about this would you believe it well i get a message from my sister who also goes to the gym both of them go to the gym i get a message that says uh do you know tracy i said no i don't know tracy and she said um she's just asked me if you're sarah from the skies were under podcast are you kidding me (laughs) So it turns out we've arrived. We well, you've arrived. Lucy <laughs> and I are about four up. miles behind. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she, she didn't uh, ask me I. if I'm. I love that she didn't ask me. So she probably, I probably, as well as my heart rate going through the roof, I probably have quite a um, a visual response to people that I don't know talking to me as well. This is the thing. I arrive. I, I arrive looking reason... like my mom. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is. I know how she knew you. On the Tesco 2009 Positive (laughs) Mum Award photo. (laughs) But Tracy, if you're listening, please come and say hello to me at the gym, but don't look at the heart rate monitor. (laughs) (laughs) What do we think self care means? It feels like it's a whole like industry of its own Mm. at the minute. Um, So 
what do we think self-care is particularly within the context of our lives so self-care has been defined as like things that you might do behaviors or activities that promote your wellness or your health what do we think self-care is from an insta version of life i think the kind of insta filtered version of self-care is very much well honestly misogynistic bullshit because i think there's no let's go back to the patriarchy everything is about the patriarchy <laughs> no, not everything have, not so quite start, everything. if you have cut your uh shot glass at the ready patriarchy <laughs> came in at <laughs> many minutes from the beginning <laughs> and and i say that because we it's essentially become an industry where we are sold you need this to be well you need this for your well-being blah 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 and actually I think it's a very thinly veiled you need this because then you're going to be like everyone else or you need this because then you're going to be successful or you need this because then you're going to be um you know sexy or whatever it is yeah so that whole idea of you know have some spa treatments or creams or like have this amazing bra that will help your self-care blah 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 because your tits will look great but what are we really is that self-care or is that just then we're going to fit into a nice mold of what a woman should be in the current society playbook so the insta version of self-care for me is is a yoga pose probably outside it's a bit misty but the sun's rising oh, you know and it's all yeah yeah, yeah. whereas i'd be like actually that's gonna be really damp <laughs> it's probably gonna be quite cold <laughs> i'm gonna be a bit chilly love you know like and i think sometimes that influences what people think will be helpful for someone in our situation. So I remember very clearly um, when B was in hospital, uh, I was often Indian head massage, having never had an Indian head massage before. (laughs) I like it. So I thought, they said, do you? Yeah, I do love it. That's no. one of you. Um, so, I've just booked me. my next Indian head massage. Actually, <laughs> well, massage. I didn't know really what it would entail. Well, I so I I left her. Uh, honestly, I remember it really clearly. I left her on the ward in the care of um, her dad because I because I was going to take part in this time for the carers type thing. This, uh, you know, I went to this room. Um, somebody with oily hands then proceeded to to ruffle my hair up a lot and do this on my head <laughs> repeatedly i came out looking like i <laughs> yes it's it's not great for your insta story <laughs> no, the version you come out like, of i look like edward scissorhands <laughs> back to the ward where i i felt like i'd been assaulted do you know what I- Someone fondled my follicles. What the hell has just happened? Oh, <laughs> oh my god. So goodness. if I wasn't disorientated before, I was most definitely disorientated <laughs> with bad hair afterwards. My and hair's I've, been and I've ne- well and I've never gone anywhere near anything oh, I like that since. Massage. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna relate a story that's similar to Sarah's experience when I was trying to self care in the way that was sold to me the spa mm-hmm. day yeah mm-hmm. as ever and yeah. so I went in with my friend and we had a massage each lovely I hate being touched so that that was a bad idea to start <laughs> I with like that 
<laughs> you can fuck you off. To. Anyway, I, I thought I'd endure it because obviously there's this great goal that, you know, it's going to yeah. be really relaxing, etc. Et so it was a full body massage. So I'm lying on my front. She, the lady's doing her thing. And then I turned, she said, oh, should I do your um, other side as well? So I just turned over. She did the other side. And I came out. <laughs> and I didn't know what was supposed to happen in there, right? So I said to my friend Claire, Claire, did she scrub your boobs as well? <laughs> Claire was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. I did think that was a bit strange. But... <laughs> so I'd gone full body massage in the full sense of the word. Claire was absolutely mortified. <laughs> I... And ever oh since then, goodness. the spa has not been my uh, self-care of choice. No. Not going to lie. Oh, goodness, you too. What are you like? I just endured oh, it. Because, you know, yeah. it, it was oh. in the name of relaxation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love a massage. And actually, I genuinely have um, started booking myself something every six to eight weeks. Nice. Every... See, I think that's really... If that's if that's what you like, as, yeah. as somebody that... That I'm with you totally, Lucy. On the like, don't touch me. You don't touch yeah. me. Don't touch this. Like, don't, no. I give the worst hugs in the world because my arms don't don't leave my side. I'm like, oh god. Um, but if that's what you like, if that's what you like, then that's that's the thing, isn't it? You know, is, if, that, is that what your kids want for Christmas? Thing, the a hug from a mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a hug token. You've got five to last you the year. <laughs> Use them wisely. I don't mind hugging. I don't mind hugging my kids. That's all fine. It's it's um, anybody that I don't live with. So Tracy, if you're listening, next time you see Sarah don't at the gym, me. go and give her a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so I the, the version that I had of this um, that isn't really an Insta version of self care, but is underpinning some of this. Uh, the idea of looking after carers. I remember being, I was quite halfway through quite a long complaint with the local authority around provision. And it was all based on me saying, look, I really need more help. I just Mm. need more help. Mm. And essentially the manager of the um, children disabilities team was like, well, yeah, do you think actually um, maybe there are some like support groups that you could go to some parental support groups and I just eyeballed him and I said I don't have time for what no. I'm doing now yeah I'm yeah. here because I need you to give me enough support so that I can like you give me half an hour I won't be going to a parental support group no, for my I'll half be going out for my walk I'll yeah. watch an episode of something <clears> I want <throat> to watch I'll go and have a bath like, whatever that is but it isn't um it I don't need you to give me another appointment I don't yeah. need another thing for you to give me to do. So what does uh, what's really clear is from the three of us that the real version, reality of self-care, is not it can't be prescriptive yeah. from anyone other than no. what suits our our not just our personalities and how little we want to be touched or what, <laughs> but also the season of our lives and what's realistic within our capacity like in the hospital if someone had just said go off and sit outside and have a cup of coffee and you know breathe for 30 minutes it's recognizing what's helpful to you 
Mm. And then and then recognizing that um, what might be helpful to somebody else with a lot more time on their hands, who who and who's got time to wash their hair after they've had an head massage, <laughs> that might be helpful to them. But it probably it may well not be helpful to you at that point. Mm. So for me, my self care is recognizing the things that are unhelpful and then doing something about it, rather than trying to find something yeah. extra that might be helpful. I think I think of it the other way around and I think about what mm. what's going on here that's unhelpful that I can cut out. So for me, the biggest thing that causes an increase in my anxiety is social media, possibly because it involves contact with other people. <laughs> and a theme. <laughs> but social media in all its forms, yeah. it, I find so, I just become really really anxious and I ruminate over stuff and I I don't know how to respond to people and and because I then feel anxious I read things and I don't know how to read them do you, you know like yeah you start reading into them I, certain oh so I just I just don't do it bliss yeah yep. I think and that's really true so it's, you're it. talking about pruning rather than planting yeah. so yeah, creating exactly creating margins yeah. rather totally. than filling the little margins you have yeah. Yeah. with more stuff if you've created a space one of the one of the risks i think is that you create yourself a little bit of space mm. that gives your brain time to do the thinking mm. and then that may well make you rush to try to fill that space again mm. so i think it's about creating yourself some space and then being kind to yourself mm -hmm. if that space isn't then filled with pure relaxation because it may yeah. well be filled with oh, actually, this is a bit shit. But sort of sitting with that. And we've talked about that before, haven't we? Yeah, about sitting with the emotions. Sitting with it for a little while. And part and parcel of it. that, <clears throat> so it's a social media thing, but sometimes it's about boundaries, about people mm. and activities that are or aren't helpful. And yep. recognising that actually self-care might be making really tricky decisions about who you spend time with or what you do with your time. And then when someone says, can you just... And yeah. you go, no, actually, that's saying no to you is my mm -hmm. spa day. Saying yeah. no to you is the best um, version of self-care I can have. Yeah. But then we have to sit in the uncomfortable of instilling those boundaries where mm -hmm. people have got used to us doing certain things. Um, yeah, I think, I think for me, self-care is about having a healthy relationship with myself and valuing myself in the same way that I value other people because I think Ooh, that, that say is that again I think self-care for me is having a healthy cultivating a healthy relationship with myself and valuing placing the same value on myself as I do on other people because mm. I think that's the thing that trips us up as carers mm. is that we are always bottom of the list in terms mm -hmm. of priorities and sometimes I totally get it it's entirely necessary yeah and it that we there is nothing we can do about it if Brecken's having a seizure or having a bad patch of seizures or having a bad day or whatever then my priority has to be him because it's kind of life or death shit mm. that means that yeah. I have to be attending to him yeah. I get that but do I have but I think then that can lead to a habit of putting ourselves at the bottom of the list mm. just because that's what we're experienced in have you heard of hie hie stands for hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy it's a bit of a mouthful with lots of long words but basically it means a lack of oxygen and blood flow to the brain it mostly happens at 
the time of birth, but it can happen in older children too. And even though HIE affects around 3 in 1,000 births, not many people know about it, unless it happens to them. PEEPS is the UK charity specifically dedicated to supporting those touched by HIE. And they run the HIE Awareness Day coming up on the 4th of April. You can find them on www.peeps-hie.org. That's www.peeps-hie.org. Or you can find them on Facebook at peeps-hie. Head over. Give them a follow and share what they're talking about to try and make sure that as many people as possible can say they have hashtag heard of HIE. I recognise that um, when my eldest son was like 18 months old um, and pharmacist eyeballed me and said, how are you? And I was like, oh yeah all right this has happened with his diagnosis and this is like no 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 no. how are you and I mm. took a you know proper intake of um mm. because I no longer knew how yeah. to um describe my level of anxiety or happiness mm. in re- that wasn't related to my child and I think mm. I think when you're looking after somebody like you say with with the level of fragility and complexity and um need for so much high alertness and just mental load just so yeah. much yeah. stuff that's going yeah. on even when it's not crisis <clears throat> point yeah the level of things that have to be thought about mm-hmm constantly that we live on this higher state of yeah. of alert then she gets tied up with the care of self-care like there was there's a um um mind talks about sort of supporting people who are carers for those with mental health and it says um trying to do even one small thing might help you feel more able to cope mm. it's this it's this idea that the reason you're caring for yourself is so that you can care for others and I think it's really common that um, you go along. So, so exactly what you were saying there, Rachel, about it's not a crisis, but it's the sheer level of mm. the um, just the sheer amount that there is to do. So at the moment, um, I'm I'm drowning in lists. Lists help me to work out all the stuff I need to do. But all I do is I put the things I don't want to do just on a new list. But I've got loads of lists. So which list? This is the list that I'm never ever going to get round. These are the things that I really don't want to do, and I'm going to. But I feel like they need to be written down somewhere. So if 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 I die, someone will know that I intended (laughs) intended to do this. (laughs) That I'm a good person, and I was going to do that before this this thing happened. And that means when someone says, "Have you done that?" You go, "Oh, it's on my list." It is on my list, but it's so stuff like so I so I was on a call on whatever day it was last week, so we'd had the big 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 meeting and that was so stressful. The next day I'm straight back in because I'm trying to it's that juggling constantly of work and home mm-hmm. and and all of those things. Got onto a call with two of the most fabulous women in the world. Um, uh, it wasn't with us, so it wasn't um, with you. So so uh, I think you <clears throat> described them slightly wrong. Uh, more uh, more of the most fabulous women in the world 
<laughs> on a work-related thing. So I've got my work head on and one of them just said, how are you doing? You okay? And I just burst into tears. Aww. And I just, you know, and you just go, I've no idea where that, like, where the hell did that come from? Mm-hmm. I said, if you could just all just not be kind, if we could just <laughs> do the just do the work thing, no kindness, thank you, because... <laughs> and also don't recognise just how high the kind of stress mm-hmm. is until it overflows. Mm-hmm. Really recently that I just need to recognise how long things take. I need yeah. to have a... I, I, I write my lists and it would take a someone who isn't me probably days to get through that list, but but I will try and get through it. In, in the next four hours. 35 yeah. minutes, yeah. you know, <laughs> when at least one of those jobs on there. So I'm constantly... It's that constant thing of you're doing stuff too quickly... I read emails that I've sent to people and I just think, how the hell do they understand what I'm... Because this, what does this mean, you know? Because it's rushed and it's just like, I'm trying to get to the next thing. Yeah. And that's something that I'm trying to work on at the moment of just recognise how long something takes, even if it's the ironing or the washing or mm-hmm. whatever. It takes a certain amount of time. And do one thing at a time. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. Doing, do. doing one thing and then thinking about the other thing and yeah. trying to do the phone call whilst you're doing the 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 dinner yeah. and um trying to have a conversation about minecraft at the same time yep yeah um, yeah it's all the, those things the, the, the whole thing of you saying um you know the, someone saying something kind and then the emotions all coming out brene brown has this term of chandelier reaction where she talks mm. about emotions being um like every other energy force so like newton's third law being every action has an equal and opposite reaction and our emotions don't just like disappear they have to go somewhere so that if you have been in stressful situations stressful situations your body has been you know i'm being chased by a tiger through the jungle feeling like it's got that built up feeling you've never at any point run into the safe hut and shut the door and taken a deep breath your body still thinks it's being chased so that when someone does offer that bit of safety and that chance to complete your stress cycle actually you burst into tears because Mm. it's got to come out somewhere it's got to come out somewhere and sometimes it's um a burst into tears when someone's nice sometimes it's uh less even less productive screaming your head off when someone mentions something that just taps into a story you tell yourself about something or Mm -hmm. you know um but it has to come out somewhere and one of the self-care things I'm bad at and trying to work harder at is um measuring is probably not the right word but gauging and allowing emotional stress to require a level of rest yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so I will I've been really busy doing the nights and getting up I've been really busy at work I've worked till 10 11 o'clock at night therefore I deserve to have a 25 minute lunch break (laughs) rather than a 15 minute (laughs) whatever um but what I'm not so good at and yet my um, in my head I know it absolutely to be true and in my whole body I know it to be true when I'm anxious about something when I'm anticipating a problem when I'm whatever that I don't give myself the space to that sitting in stuff 
that you talked about before, Lucy, that mm. or, and Sarah, that, that kind of sitting in um, long enough and not filling that time, just saying, oh, she's mm. been a tough day, just yep. inside my head. Yeah, and I guess that's like holding the the emotional stuff and having parity with the the kind of physical stuff and just because you can't see a productive outcome like all the mm. physical stuff you're talking about you can mm. see a productive outcome right but you can't see that productive outcome with the rumination and the emotional yeah, processing yeah, yeah. and mm. all that stuff and actually get, giving those two things parity you know that actually they're both draining they both involve energy they both involve you getting tired um and one thing I noticed as well when I was thinking I, I read this quite interesting piece on um you know self-care and uh, it was a psychologist lady who'd written she'd kind of categorized it into right let's think about self-care in terms of social self-care and mental self-care and emotional mm. self-care and physical self-care so that was quite useful for me to kind of organize mm. it into, mm. into those categories because it kind of taps into that essentially what we're feeding is our basic needs you know that Maslow mm. stuff of like belonging and our need for food need for safety need for physical health um so that then we are able to live our best lives but we're able to live what our good life what good life looks for for us and the difference between proper self-care and the kind of instagram version of self-care is quite a lot of the time the insta instagram version of self-care gives all those bullshit um, you know toxic positivity quotes and it's all fuzzy and emotional emotional based like we need to feel okay the whole time whereas actually self-care proper self-care is addressing all those different needs that sometimes mm. don't feel nice actually mm. if we are self-caring for me the emotional side of self-care doesn't feel nice I would rather mm. stick my head in the sand or like poke forks in my eyes mm -hmm. than deal with the um, like emotional stuff and make yet. that priority for self-care for yet me that is the um, thing that's needed yeah that's the thing that's needed so it's between a, it's mm. a difference between a feeling fuzzy on a surface level mm -hmm. and actually self-care to the things that you need to live your best life which sometimes are uncomfortable Yes, that's going back to, you just said how the two versions of exhaustion, the kind of physical being really busy and then the mental one, and it's the same thing of what the, the opposite sort of self-care reaction to that. There's the, well, there's the spa day and there's the run and there's the thing rather than, and then there's the internal things that don't look like their self-care, but they're just mm -hmm. like, I'm not. I'm not. Answer, I'm not answering my phone to anybody I don't know today. Mm. You know, I'm not. I'm not um, going to. I'm going to say no to everything I've been asked to do, or every social engagement for that whole week. I do you that know. anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not self care. That's just. Um... <laughs> but I completely agree with you. And you know, uh, I do go to the gym. I love the gym. Uh, but this week I'm not going until Friday mm. because I'm tired, you know, mm. because it, and it's that recognition that actually I am tired. And yes, I do feel better afterwards, but I'm going to, you know, I'm just exhausted and the not sleeping and all that sort of stuff. So it's just that recognition of I just need Seasons. to say no. Yeah, mm. completely. So from a self-care point of view, what is it you're doing and what's 
your goal for getting the balance right it's not another to do oh i must self-care because then that that's missed the point of of what it Mm. is and i think just yeah spending so what would what would we say to those people that are in the thick of it i remember with brex um just just having five minutes and going right i'm gonna go to the loo and none of my children are going to follow me and I'm going to shut the door <laughs> and I'm going to have a shit in peace. That's what I'm going to do. And, and that would be that would be like great for five minutes just to be on my own and not be touched out by all my small people who I love to bits. But my own self is like, please stop touching me. And I don't think it's even a doing thing at, at that stage because you are just in the thick of doing everything for your young for your child for your, for your person you're caring for it's about just being aware right mm. this is me this is who i am in this moment this is who i am aside from this um and just holding on to those shreds <laughs> by your fingernails sometimes completely <laughs> um who you are in that situation and not necessarily just who you are defined by the role that you play um yeah and probably it doesn't need to be like hours and all or nothing um i sat yesterday morning and read i don't know why but i love you know you get on i don't know instagram or facebook or whatever links to stupid text messages like like when people text each other and it comes like (laughs) the auto corrects wrong or they have this and it just tickles me crying I'm just crying <laughs> and just knowing that what reading that for five minutes yeah and make and and laughing belly laughing yeah is like well there you go that's I mean I, I then cried for like three and a half hours in the evening about other stuff but you know but it's, a it's all about balance it's all, it's a tonic. <laughs> but I think it comes back doesn't it to that what's the right thing for you in, in your moment. situation yeah. yeah just to get through from the morning to the evening it won't always be like this you know it won't my caveat to that the things that have served us well in times Mm. of crisis but recognizing that they're not not long-term strategies no so absolutely you know give yourself okay i'm in the middle of this in three months time in three weeks time in four days time i if this is still the situation then i'm gonna have to rethink how i make the balance right getting the balance between working between having fun between building my relationships within my family and beyond um between doing doing things that are restful are partly for myself but also because i want my children to see that the that as grown-ups we don't have to just sacrifice ourselves Mm -hmm. particularly Mm -hmm. women in their lives they don't have to sacrifice who they are entirely in order to make everybody else happy but actually we all only have this one and precious life and therefore I want my children to see a version of me that's looking after myself that's taking um things that I find important seriously that's getting rest and having fun um because all of us in the family have equal right to to those things and we as grown-ups we're responsible for making sure that that's served for ourselves and it's served for the people that we love but also it's this idea that I don't want to have to leave my life in order to find self-care mm-hmm do you know what I mean? Self-care yeah, yeah. is not about yeah, an escape totally. from 
the norm to say I well I, I do my self-care is that every month I go away for two days so that I can come back and beast it again it's like there may be times that that's required I certainly went through a long period of time um where that's ex- my body <laughs> there was not self-care it was my body just out of 10 to 12 weeks I would just become unwell with aches and pains and and I would go to bed and I'd sleep for like a day and a half and it was just my body saying, I can't, you cannot keep doing this. And we yeah. had this cycle for a long time. And it's trying to get in the moments when there can't be massive long amounts of time. Like from a faith point of view, we used to pursue Sabbath and I've worked out what that rest day is mm-hmm. and, and how that looks. And it's not necessarily on Sunday and how does it look and who is it with. And but that, But choosing times, no matter how long they are, to make what the life I'm living sustainable yeah rather than the need to escape it in order to keep going simple stuff works as a family-run world-leading provider of positioning equipment and postural care training their mission is to keep people feeling comfortable and protect their bodies from avoidable and devastating changes in body shape. Simple Stuff Works puts people and their families at the centre of postural care by making everything as accessible as possible. You can check out their YouTube channel for free access to training and their website www.simplestuffworks.co.uk for more downloadable resources. That's www.simplestuffworks.co.uk uk shout out to Lisbeth who did one of our courses um uh Sarah and I do postural care courses and she came to that um you can find out more about postural care courses for families in the on my website born the right time.com um worst award I was gonna offer one of my classic parenting fails mm, for let's you. go right so uh a few years ago um my but two out of three of my children always have their birthdays in the spring break pretty much always um their april birthdays and they typically are during the spring break and on this one year my son was going to school and he was delighted he was going to school on his birthday because he didn't normally get to see his friends are off on holiday and stuff. So uh, he went to school and came back and I was tidying away his packed lunchbox and inside his packed lunchbox was his roll. Now, it was his birthday, but we have a rule over how the order within which you mm-hmm. eat your lunchbox. Like, you obviously have to have the boring sandwich item exactly you always have to have the boring bread bit first and then you have the fruit and the yogurt and then you get to eat the treat afterwards there's a long established routine to lunchbox etiquette okay and he knew this like he was um you know i mean it must have been about nine or ten and and i was like "Eh, excuse me just because it's your birthday doesn't mean (laughs) you get to not eat the roll in your lunchbox because everything else had been eaten. And he went, "Uh, I think if you have a look, mum, it's really mouldy. So he had (laughs) 
my <laughs> my excuse is that I obviously didn't do lunch boxes for two weeks because it was the Easter holidays and it was the first thing back. So I obviously dug this roll out the bottom of the bread bin and it was white on top and it looked all right to me. So I cut into it, made the thing, stuck it in and he got to school and didn't think it was mouldy at all. But it was when he was lifting it up to his face that the kid opposite him went, Ugh, you're not going to eat that, are you? It's covered in mould. <laughs> Oh, and I sent lovely. my poor child to school. And it I mean, it was blue. Like, it, the whole thing was absolutely blue. Oh, mate. Oh. So, yeah, he likes to think that he's writing a book called My Mum's Epic Fails. That's good. Um, and uh, he thinks he's got at least two editions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So has anybody got any disability hacks that they might want to share this week i have a disability hack for people who are who use pegs or tubey feeders or um put meds through pegs um usually you can get these vests with like poppers along mm-hmm. the front mm-hmm. racketees usually we get them from racketees and they're very expensive i mean they're very good yay for racketees but marks and spencers have just yeah. chucked out this amazing adaptive clothing range which goes right up to i think 16 yeah um and they have they have the vests with the tubey opening bits um and they are 7 quid a piece or something like that so very very cheap as soon as you get the bigger companies doing things and you're not adding lots of zeros onto mm-hmm. the end yeah so Marks and Sparks for adaptive clothing, guys. Very good. So one of the things I do is my son, despite being uh, non-verbal and unable to move at all, has to be hoisted for everywhere, he actually um, is fairly toilet trained. So he goes to the toilet and he wheezes and poos and does all the things that you do on a toilet. Um, mm-hmm. And so he doesn't always wear a pad. He mostly does not wear a pad. Um, uh, actually, we use uh, the reusable women's <laughs> sanitary pads in his boxer shorts as like catch a dribble and um, so that's one thing that we do the other thing i do is that i put extra lot i don't i get someone who knows how to sew we have a sewing lady that i go to and she always undercharges me and um, but we put extra long zips in his trousers so that while he's sitting in his wheelchair we can actually zip his trousers right down and he can do a wee in a bottle. Oh, we have a thing good. called a Yuri bag, which basically looks like, you know, the um, old camera film cases, mm-hmm. those little tiny hard plastic, and then it's got like a bladder on the end. So the Yuri mm-hmm. bag just keeps in the uh, his wheelchair bag, and we bring that out, and he uses the bottle, and so he can use the bottle while still sitting on really in good. his wheelchair so avoids a hoist avoids the hoist which needing a change in places exactly limited by changing places is really tricky or then you're lifting a child two person onto the floor so yeah he can use a bottle while still sitting into in his wheelchair the reason we started doing toilet training with my son is because when he was about three and a half we realized every time he sat on my mum's knee he farted and started laughing (laughs) he thought it was very funny that he farted because she would go oh oh what are you doing 
that's not very nice, <laughs> is it? Like really jokey over the top. And it's and I was, he did it every single time. And I'm like, if you can fart on demand. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you, Sarah and Lucy, for your time talking about self-care. Um, bye. bye. See you soon. And so, whether you call it looking after your well-being or self-care, it seems you can spend nearly a whole hour talking about self-care and realise the first thing that you need to do is work out who self is. You know, I'm not sure whether that's easier or harder than the care bit. When our world can revolve around our children and their complex needs, it's so easy to create the habit of always putting ourself at the bottom of the pile. We'd love to hear from you about how you're listening to the podcast, what you're finding helpful, any suggestions for future episodes. You can be part of the conversation by emailing tswupodcast at gmail.com. That's tswupodcast at gmail.com. It'd be really brilliant if you could share this podcast with your friends, family and practitioners. Then please rate, review and follow us. It means we might just be able to keep doing season two and maybe more... Let's make a deal. After this episode, let's find out a little more about ourself outside the relationship we have with others. Maybe we could even see that we deserve care because we're all human. And here's a novel idea. How about we live and model the life that we hope for our children for ourselves? You know, that one that's full of work and rest and play. I'm not sure if that sounds as hard for you as it does for me, but no matter how hard it does sound for you in this season of your life, I'm cheering you on, whatever skies you're under. <laughs>